Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part presentation on the top five corporate scandals of 2018 on this special presentation on Across the Board, a podcast on corporate governance. I'm joined by Amy Bernard Vaughn, a well-known corporate governance. But first, have you ever considered starting a podcast? Have you ever wanted to put your voice out there? Well, if so, I'm always looking for new podcasts for the Compliance Podcast Network. If you're wondering how to get started on the production, please listen to our sponsor, One Stone Creative, on how to get going on a podcast. If you are enjoying this show, you might enjoy hosting your own. As an expert in your field, you have skills, knowledge, and insight that can help you expand your practice, meet new people, and create amazing content to share with the world. In as little as two hours a week, you can dramatically change how you promote, fill, and position your business, and One Stone Creative can show you how. Learn more at onestonecreative.net. In this special five-part podcast series, we take a look at the following scandals, CBS and Lus Moonvees, 1MDB and Goldman Sachs, Facebook and its continuing drip, drip, drip of customer information, Tesla and its Elon Musk problem, and we conclude with Nissan and Carlos Goshen. This special five-part series has been a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello again, this is Tom Fox, back for another episode with Amy Barnard Bond. We are taking a look at the top five corporate scandals of 2018 from the governance perspective. Today, we are going to take a look at Facebook. So, Amy, welcome back. Thank you. So, Amy, let's start off with um, what are the three reasons from your perspective that uh, you think Facebook should be on our top five list? Yeah, great question, Tom. I would say the number one reason is that with 2.2 billion people using the Facebook platform, that's about that's more than a third of the planet. So I'd say just in terms of impact, anything that, that Facebook does and anything they get involved with uh, Impacts, impacts most of the people in the world right now. So that'd be number one. Um, number two is the problems that have arisen with Facebook this year have become geopolitical in nature. Um, when you get into the election meddling in 2016 that broke this year, that has pushed um, Facebook beyond just being a kind of a fun platform or maybe a platform where you do uh, where, where entrepreneurs go to promote their businesses or advertisers go to get clients, that puts us in a whole other uh, realm of, of seriousness. Um, and then third, I, I think just the fascination with social media over the past 14 years, I was amazed when I counted up how many years Facebook's been around and, and um, Mark Zuckerberg created it in his dorm room at Harvard in 2004. Can you believe it's only been 14 years? I know it, it seems like longer than that to me, Tom, um, that it's been around. And so I think Facebook is kind of the the um, bellwether of how technology is going to shift how we relate to each other as human beings and what we share. And, and um, there's just been a lot around that. And so I think that they occupy a special place in the business pantheon because they actually um, impact people psychologically and, and how we, how we relate to each other, both good and bad. Amy, from the corporate governance perspective, um, I really see some, some pretty 
big failures, uh, both with Mark Zuckerberg, but also um, with Sheryl Sandberg. And I don't know, but the question I wanted to ask you is, is it really fair for us to consider them as evil, as bad people, uh, or were they simply overwhelmed by forces that they admittedly unleashed, but really once unleashed had no ability to control? Great question. I don't know that I can make a moral judgment, Tom, you know, on them. I don't know them personally at all. Uh, I, I watch with interest and with hope um, at, at their leadership because they are, are carrying responsibility for, for a lot. Um, you know, I, there's been news breaking almost every day about this. And I think there have been so many scandals, just starting way back in 2007, which just starting with the, the you know posting Facebook posting people's blockbuster rentals, which violated the Video Privacy Protection Act. And I, I would I thought that at the time, okay, that's kind of benign. They're growing fast. They probably didn't know about that law, right? And uh, some people may have been harmed by other people knowing what they rented, um, but it's nowhere near what we get up to, you know, 2014, you know. And, and then to the present day with so many um, users' accounts, data, address books, personal information, and then the election meddling that we get into. And then just yesterday, you know, Zuckerberg was called to testify um, in front of Congress. Um, and he said uh, some things people wanted to hear that he was, that, you know, if we don't protect your privacy, we haven't, we don't have a right to use it, or I'm paraphrasing here, but kind of the stuff we'd all have been hoping he was going to say. Um, but, you know, then yesterday, a New York Times story broke that Facebook had given Netflix and Amazon and Spotify um, more access than even Cambridge um, Analytica around access to users' accounts. People had uh, the, these vendors had the right to write and delete private messages, Tom, a couple of these. That's way beyond the pale. And I know, was it accidental? It, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like it. I think news is still rolling out, but if that's true, that's, that contradicts Zuckerberg's testimony um, to Congress. So I'm, I'm curious about whether he's going to be facing a perjury count at some point. And then the other question is, we, we are moving uh, equally fast in the world of data privacy protection, um, data breach protection, obviously GDPR, mm-hmm. obviously right. the California law, and the penalties have um, be, that have become available for regulators to levy have gone, grown uh, exponentially or pro- probably even more than that under GDPR, for instance. Uh, they can levy a penalty of 400, uh, excuse me, 4% of annual revenues. That's not profits, it's revenues. So at some point, uh, I guess my one of my concerns is, particularly with the recent spate of revelations, literally over the past two weeks, that these are post-GDPR revelations. And if they're post-GDPR, that means these in, insane penalties can kick in. And at, at some point, is it going to negatively impact the stock price, share value of Facebook in a way that uh, some of the other companies we've taken a look at on our series, uh, they've they've lost uh, shareholder value as well. Yeah, I, I will be, I think a year from now, Facebook will look very different than it is today in terms of its business model. I, I don't see how it can 
still be the Wild West of app development. It clearly can't control or hasn't been able to control its uh, app program interfaces, uh, developer. Uh, the oversight hasn't been there. There's just been complete inadequate safeguards. And it, I almost wonder if it's if it's too late to go back in. And we all know that it's easier to implement controls when we're building something, especially in IT, after you've got a platform built. Much better to plan that out, map that out, think of do a good risk assessment up front about your data, your use, access, all of that before launching it. Facebook was out of the bag, you know, again, this college dorm room, and they've tried to kind of put the genie back in the bottle. And that's really expensive. It's complex. Even doing an audit of who has access to what is likely difficult. And and so I'll, I'll be really interested to see what Facebook looks like a year from now, because I, to your point, Tom, I think that they're going to uh, suffer financially. And they've always had a bit of a tough business model. It's been a bit of a you know classic Silicon Valley paper, profit on paper, um, you know, a, a futuristic um, betting betting on the future kind of a thing, business model. But um, but we'll see. And uh, really, I was very interested in your third point um, that uh, Facebook is a bellwether uh, in many ways now of how we relate to each other, to businesses, to B two B. And uh, I think you use the term psychological impact mm-hmm. that because we have really a different relationship with. Facebook than perhaps you and I might have over the phone or certainly face-to-face. Uh, we somehow think it's different, uh, but at the end of the day, it's just a business and business yeah. run by people tr- perhaps trying to, you know, tr- trying to do the right thing, but subject to all the foilables of, of human beings and mistakes when a company goes uh, not to scale, but, you know, ec- out of this world scale. Yeah, and so that you're raising a great point about Facebook's business model that actually has nothing to do with money, but it's around does uh, Facebook has generated a lot of goodwill from people getting to post their baby pictures, seeing people who are who are um, serving in our armed armed forces potentially. You know, they can they can see people back home, and it it makes people feel connected even when they're far away. But as uh, you know, former founding president Sean Parker. Of, of Facebook has said, you know, they built Facebook on how do we consume as much of your time and conscious attention as possible. And he's likened Facebook's design to exploiting a vulnerability in human psychology. And there's a lot of research now that we've been living with Facebook for 14 years that shows that Facebook actually doesn't make us happy because of the comparison effect that occurs and the, the highly curated versions of what some people uh, put up about themselves. And if you, you can do a simple test, uh, I know I've done it is, you know, before you go to bed, if you're looking at your Facebook account and then you turn off the light, are you happier versus, um, you know, if you were just, you know, reading a book or thinking about, you know, five great things that happened that day. And most people would say, no, it kind of left me feeling a little, um, a little less than. So well, Amy, that, that's interesting for them uh, as well to think about, I think, long-term in terms of investors and where's, where's this headed and what's the societal and business value. Unfortunately, we're at the end of our time. Uh, I've been visiting with Amy Bernard Bond on Facebook and why it made our top five list of uh, corporate scandals in 2018. I hope you'll join us for our next episode where we take a look at Tesla and Elon Musk. Amy, uh, thank you again, and I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thank you, Tom. 
Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this special presentation of the top five corporate scandals from 2018 on Across the Board. We will look at another episode tomorrow, which I know you will enjoy. This presentation is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.